Hello everyone, I'm I'm a member of the Free Speech Union. Today I'm talking to Rachel Stewart. She's a staunch defender of free speech. She was a columnist for The Herald and in 2016 she won the Canon Media Awards for Opinion Writer of the Year. A lot has happened in the cultural landscape of New Zealand in the intervening years. In 2019, Rachel walked away from the Herald after they refused to publish a column she wrote on Massey University cancelling a Canadian feminist speaker. Essentially, the Herald cancelled Rachel's piece about a cancellation. So Rachel (laughs) has gained more experience in the interim with cancer culture. Um, Of course, there are people who are denying that cancel, cancel culture exists. But I like the definition offered by the free speech advocate, Andrew Doyle. Now, he points out that when we talk of cancellation, we're talking about boycotting people for unfashionable opinions or relatively minor mistakes, and it's typically driven by social media. We're not talking about inviting people or about blocking people. It's about inviting and then dumping due to social media pressure. So, Rachel, welcome. Hi. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I, I see you've just published a piece on Substack and it's about being cancelled from a documentary, which is what I wanted to discuss with you today. And your piece is called Cows and Cowards mm-hmm. and you write about being interviewed for an environmental documentary about the dairy industry in New Zealand. So, can you tell us a bit about yourself, like why you were approached by the documentary makers, um, what your background is and what sort of expertise you have? Well, they <clears throat> got t- in touch with me in 2019 um, and she made it pretty clear, the producer-director, that they didn't want to do it without my voice in it. Um, she said yours was a, mine was a unique voice and we because it's industry. And, yeah, my background is dairy farming um, and agri-politics. I was president of Wanganui Federated Farmers for four years and I've got a huge interest in dairy farming uh, overall and the health of the country, although I've sort of gone away from that the last few years, but um, I agreed with where they were going and what they wanted to kind of say, I thought, and so I gave them an interview and carried on from there, and yeah, it was all tickety-boo for a while, yeah. So they interviewed you for the documentary, um, and then did you hear anything more from them after that? Well, occasionally she would ask a legal question uh, for their lawyers that it's something I'd said they wanted to just make sure was fine. Um, then the premiere came up, which it took them good trees to make the film. Um, so I sort of put it out of my mind, you know. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, and then I was asked the premiere and then COVID put paid to that. We couldn't really travel or do it. So then I went to the film festival. I hear it was good. I mean, I heard some reports about it. I still haven't seen it myself. I'd seen the trailer. I was in it at the at the New Zealand Film Festival where it won an award. Um, and then it was going to national release on the 19th of this month, March. And I heard from her two weeks ago. She phoned me out of the blue. Well, actually, she got her presenter to phone me uh, to send me a message and he asked if I could ring him. And I thought, oh, something's up. I'll ring her. I'll talk to her because that's all, all I've ever dealt with, really. 
And, um, yeah, and she just explained to me that, uh, to her credit, she she um, rang me back and we had a chat and she explained to me that, that the pressure was enormous and I had to be cut out. Had they, are you were you already cut out at that point? No, no. Well, I didn't get that impression. She just said that, look, you know, you said something about the protesters in um, Wellington and you supported their right to protest. And yes, and I do, and I did. Um, she said, you know, maybe you're unvaxxed or vaxxed. And I said, well, I've never talked about my vaccine status and neither should I have to. Um, she said that I said something about Antifa, the anti-fascist groups that are based over in Portland, Oregon and Seattle, Washington, and actually that, you know, a lot of people don't think they really exist on the left because, I mean, they're useful idiots for them. Um, and so that was enough, along with, of course, you know, the trans stuff, which had, you know, there'd been a bad review sometime before, uh, uh, written by a guy called Daniel Rutledge for News Hub. He'd written a whole um, review of the thing, the, the movie Milk and said that no one should take it seriously because I was in it because I'm just a transphobe that had my guns taken off me. And, of course, that's a whole other story, and a lot of people know about that. So she said, really, I've stuck up for you long enough, and I can't stuck up for you anymore, and you need, you have to go. It's just too much pressure. I don't want my film cancelled. I read the review by Daniel Rutledge, um, and so he's an entertainment and lifestyle writer for News Hub. Um, so he's, um, I see he, he criticised the film for sort of stylistic, sort of cheesiness, which, I mean, that seems fair enough as a criticism. But I noticed that when he attacks you, um, he attacked you for some Twitter exchange and he made no reference to your farming background, your environmentalism or um, any of your qualifications. He didn't really criticise your opinions so much as denounce you. Yes. Yeah, he did it beautifully, wasn't it? I mean, I, I actually contacted a lawyer and because I felt that it was incredibly libelous. And I and I believe that the lawyer and a couple of other people I'd spoken to believed it was libelous. We could have gone for it. But then I, you know, I had to take a step back and go, well, is it worth it? You know, it was going to be 100K before you even started. I think they would have ended up paying out. Um, I think it was libelous to say that I had no credentials at all, um, <clears throat> when clearly I do. And, yeah, he never, like you say, he never mentioned, all he mentioned was my guns being taken off me for a tweet by the police, which, of course, he never mentioned they'd also been returned to me by the police uh, when they realised it was a it was a trans activist uh, beat up, synchronised and organised. Um, so I felt that it was terribly libelous and I was very upset about it, both for the filmmakers and for me. Um, but then, you know, you just go, well, how much more money can I spend? I'd already spent 10500 getting my guns back because I had to prove that I was a fit and proper person to have them, um, even though I'd had my gun licence for over 40 years and never had any problems and don't have any criminal convictions. So I felt it was probably good money after bad. But, you know, to be honest, when you see the media acting like that, definitely it's pretty uh, soul-destroying because it's also the media is an area that I come from too. So I'm terribly disappointed with what we're seeing in this country right now. And just a reference to the um, the the tweet that he he um, mentions, and you've just mentioned about having guns taken off you. I mean, I saw that tweet when you made it at the time, and I thought it was hilarious. It was um, in its context. Uh, it was, you know, if if you understood the genre, it was really funny. Of course, if you've got no sense of humour or no context, um, or we're not interested in humour or context. Or if you want to weaponize things, then um, you can take it differently. 
So I know you discussed it with Dane on a previous podcast, but just can you just for our listeners just briefly sum up, you know, what that was about? Well, it was standing up for Speak Out for Women, as you know, and um, I'm not a member of Speak Out for Women, but I certainly uh, support their aims and objectives and always have. So it was really at the time when they couldn't speak at libraries, they were getting cancelled because Speak Up for Women were considered an uh, anti-trans group, which we all know in court was thrown out and is totally untrue. But the the uh, public libraries of which ratepayers fund through their local bodies were deciding that, yeah, no, we're just going to stop these women talking. It was It had echoes of that column I wrote back in 2019 when they wouldn't print it in the New Zealand Herald where I talked about all that, which I thought was a very important thing to talk about, the cancelling of, you know, women's, speaking up for themselves and their own rights. So um, the man on there, I think he's a man. God, I don't know what a man or a woman is anymore. But Are you a biologist? No, I'm not a biologist, no. So I don't know. But he looked like a man. He had a beard and, he, you know, who knows. And he said, "Woman, we don't want these grubs in our libraries and called women peasants and various other things. And I just didn't know the guy at all, never met him. He lives in Christchurch. Obviously, I just had a, made a tweet and um, I don't have the tweet in front of me I could find it but it was really a um, very much a reference to and a nod to movies like Thelma and Louise where women take their own things into their own hands and exact revenge in the tweet guns were not mentioned neither was killing anybody but you know trucks and howling and hooping and hollering and drinking bourbon with the girls was on the back of a truck making him run around naked in a paddock in the context of it and you thought it was hilarious and I did we might be just a different generation but it was really a nod to that genre of movie um and everyone loved it six weeks later of course um there's a tap at the door and the two policemen turn up and take my guns so um, I said, well, I could have killed a lot of trannies in this time, you know, in that six weeks period. And they said, don't say that, you know, don't say that. We could take you down for that. Think of Christchurch, you know. And I said, well, I do think of Christchurch, and I think you could have done a better job there because, you know, it doesn't matter what I said to them. But the fact remains that they they could have done a better job of preventing it because they had a person come to them and tell them that that uh, Brent Tarrant, Bren, Brendan Tarrant was um, – was dangerous, but they didn't listen. So we know what the consequences are. So then they changed the firearm laws and I got caught up in that. And I guess I was a good, I also guess I was a good hate speech contender. I think, you know, the word from my lawyer and on the street in Wellington was, you know, I was a pretty good, I was just famous enough to probably test the, test the case in, in court if, uh, if it went that far. And so we tried to make it so it didn't go that far and we succeeded. They would have looked very stupid in court having taken my guns off me. So they yeah, gave yeah. them back. But, you know, not before it cost me a lot of money. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and you've had guns for years. No problems. You're no, you're no threat. No you're no issue. Yeah. And- well, it's a rural thing. We, yeah. We have guns out here. We have guns. We have to kill animals sometimes. We have to dispatch them quickly. Not just uh, possums and rabbits, but livestock sometimes before the vet can get there. Um, it's just part of our life. And I've never had a problem ever. And it, it just struck me as very vindictive. And it, it became very clear very quickly that a bunch of people who will remain nameless, but lots of them on Twitter that are relatively famous and very woke, uh, decided to um, – the police now have this thing where you can go online and complain about somebody. So what they did was hundreds of them went on there and complained. One of them had to go in in person. Somebody did that in Auckland. I don't know who I suspect I know. 
And um, next thing you know, yeah, six, well, not next thing you know, six weeks later, they come and take my guns. So, yeah, so clearly not that much if, if they wait for six weeks. But, I mean, the, the question I keep turning over in my mind is, you know, why do people keep caving? And, and uh, you know, the police are kowtowing to these pressures. The documentary maker, um, I mean, how do you now make a documentary with integrity? How are you going to explore ideas? Um, is there like an approved list of people you can talk to? How do you know that, um, you know, that they're woke enough or not going to have said something in the past 10 or 20 years that may not be up to today's particular standards? Pointed out to Amy Taylor, the director producer, I said, "Look, there's a there's a man that you're interviewing in there who will remain nameless on here, who was known for sleeping with inappropriate. Uh, in his position, he shouldn't be sleeping with various people, women. Um, I won't go into details who that is. It could be a number of people in there, so I'm not really giving too much away. But she said, "Oh yeah, we know about that. We know all about that." And I said, "So." You know, if you're going to play me as the baddie, what about the fact that he does this thing, which really is is inappropriate in his employment status? And she said, well, yes, but no one knows about that. And I said, well, I know about it, and you know about it, and a lot of people know about it. So, you know, she said, well, it just doesn't work like that. We just, you're just too, you're too hot to handle, Rachel. We just can't have you. Mm. And and she started crying. I mean, she denies that she cried, and I don't care if she denies it or not, but she she cried. For for a few brief sobs, and I tried to comfort her, sort of. But I mean, she. I said to her, "If you're feeling bad, Amy, how do you think I feel? How do you think I feel? You know, I've had years of this, and you're now capitulating to these idiots. That we, somebody has to be a grown up here. You know, we're never going to be able to make movies. We're never going to be able to write anything anymore. It's interesting too. Yeah. It's not." I mean, the state is doing some censoring, but now it's becoming more and more self-censoring. And and the next time she makes a, a documentary, I expect there'll be quite a bit of self-censoring going on um, because, you know, she'd be pretty sensitive to like, oh, what if, um, what if this particular idea is not fashionable or popular? And I can see, you know, the impact of that on the arts, science, literature, and sports. Mm-hmm. Um, now mm-hmm. we see women getting cancelled in their own sports divisions. So uh, even like this week, uh, there's a similar article to the one you wrote for the Herald, um, which was cancelled by the same publisher. And that article was an opinion piece by Jenny Ruth. Um, I saw it, yeah. Yeah. so I didn't agree with everything she said, but I but she had the right to say it. and, And she should have said, and she did say it, and they wouldn't let her do it, yeah. And people have the right to critique what she said and to debate against it or whatever, mm-hmm. don't they? That's that's the discussion we need to be having. Um, yep. But it seems that the cancel culture hasn't – we're pushing against it and we've had court wins, you know, the Free Speech Union. I mean, and the reason the Free Speech Union has really focused so much on the city councils is we know that um, – private entities are vulnerable, whereas, you know, councils can withstand a bit more. So defending that public space is really important. But Yeah, but you'd like to think that they would, but they're not. But, you know, they have to be forced. I mean, it's a real concern. Where do you think this is going? Do you think the pushback is, are we getting closer to getting back to defending free speech or are we in the long struggle? What's your feeling? 
Well, I think it's going to be a long struggle, but I don't think it's, um, I think it's going to be a struggle for a while, but there's a tipping point always. <clears throat> and I suspect that we're surely getting closer, I think, with the COVID uh, couple of years. And, and a lot of people have got short fuses, and we saw it yesterday at the Academy Awards. I mean, that what Will Smith did was short fused. It wasn't staged from what I could see. He looked pretty pissed off. Um, and I think that means that I don't think that's a good sign for humanity what he did. No. I think that to then give him a standing ovation and just ignore what happened was ridiculous. I think also that Chris Rock and those stupid jokes and various other comedians before him, although I'd take Ricky Gervais out of that because I think what he did a few years ago was priceless and he didn't actually attack too many individuals. He just attacked woke culture. But there's a the perfect storm of wokeness. Then this morning, I don't know what the news is right now, but I think this morning they were debating whether taking the Academy Award off Will Smith, which I don't agree with because he earned it. He won it before he did his stupid carry-on. But he should be done for assault. And I don't know where this is all going to go, but what I think happens is that on social media, we're so used to people saying what they think and attacking us. Even We don't even know them. And they say, I mean, the things I read about me, I just would blow your mind. Um, it's based on nothing. It's just cruelty and, and nastiness. Uh, in real life, let's face it, if a person came up to you and said some of the things that they say to me, the consequences would be pretty immediate. I'm not saying I'd be violent, but I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't think so, but I don't know that they would even talk to me like that because you have to have a conversation. And having a conversation seems to be getting very hard to do. And people are going in one direction and they're saying, well, there's no debate about this because you're blocking me from going in my direction. So I'm not having a debate about the trans thing or I'm not having a debate about anti-vaxxers or vaxxers. Or... So we're all just batting everything away thinking that this is, that we're getting somewhere fast, but we're actually going going into the, the pit of hell, in my opinion, by not discussing things. Because until you know what people are thinking, you're not going to know, you're going to wonder why the tanks just rolled up. Because if you can't talk, everything goes underground. Yeah. And uh, this is very concerning. I mean, it does seem in the West that we're quite, being quite cavalier about free speech. Like we've, we've had a recent brush with the government wanting to introduce more hate speech laws, which you mentioned. I think thanks to the campaign of uh, the Free Speech Union and others that, you know, they've been forced, the government's been forced to pause and reconsider it. But um, who knows if they're going to have another go at that or recognise that this is really deeply difficult, the territory they're wading into. I, I think it's over. I, I think it's over for here for now. Uh, obviously, if Labour were to ever get back into power, which I can't quite see at this point, but, um, you know, I don't know, they'd have another crack. But this is, de I think it's been brilliant, the Free Speech Union, what you've done to fight it, and I will die in a ditch over this stuff myself. The biggest thing for me in life is free speech. I think uh, countries that don't have it uh, never do well. And, uh, yes, we may have overcooked our free speech, and certainly we're doing that on the internet these days, but we all have to just take a deep breath at some point and say this is everybody's prerogative to speak their mind. I want to know if someone's homophobic or transphobic, even, although having said that, I mean, you know, the decision, or a Nazi, because everybody's a Nazi if they have a different opinion now. So it's becoming quite meaningless, all these words. We're playing with language now. 
But I think we need to know people's views always. And then we need to debate those views. I mean, God, I can remember definitely because you were my generation, we would sit down and watch um, panel shows where people were interviewed about things on politics, on religion, on theology, on any subject. Now we can't even see any of that stuff. We don't have any entertainment like that. It's, I mean, it's an interesting time. There's, there's a lot of um, media and there's lots of outlets. And, and in some respects, we get to have more of a voice, but it's a sort of a cacophony of noise sometimes, isn't it? But however, it um, before we finish, I just want to ask you, where can people find your writing? Because it's not a cacophony of noise. It's, it's stuff that's well worth reading. So, Well, you can find me on sub, Substack, Rachel Stewart. It's called Writing Shotgun, which was always the name of my column back in the day when I started writing in the um, provincial papers. Uh, so Writing Shotgun, Rachel Stewart, and you can find me there. I'm not charging at the moment for subscriptions, and I don't write that often, although having just written about this, I feel a little bit more inspired to come back into the fold and, and write. I don't want to write for mainstream media anymore, so if you want to find me, you can find me there. That's it. My public life is over. That's as far as I go now. I'm, you know, I'm I'm done. Uh, but I'll never be done fighting for free speech. And I've seen what's happened to me and I've felt what's happened to me and I know how what impact it's had on my life. I'm fine, though, because I'm a generation of people that just kind of gets on with it, thank God. Um, but, yeah, it's it's an awful thing. And, yeah, I'd, I'd love people to come in and read me if they want to and try not to abuse me if you can avoid it. That would be great. Thank you, Rachel. Well, um, we do appreciate you defending free speech. And I just want to finish really with a quote from Andrew Doyle again. He says, yes. cancel culture is bullying dressed up in the robes of virtue. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Free Speech Union podcast. If you would like to learn more about us or find out how you can get involved or support, you can head on over to fsu.nz or check us out on Facebook and Twitter. Ka kite anō.